0: Oh, hi. Can you hear me? Oh my gosh, I can hear you perfectly. Awesome.
1: How are you? I'm so delightful. How are you? I'm wonderful. Um, what are you doing this morning?
0: It's been like really, really busy. I had a coaching call first thing. And then I just got off of a call with our angelic best friend, Kristen.
1: I love that
0: story. Same. And then I'm podcasting with you. And then I have a call with my business coach, Arvin, after this. So
1: kind of a crazy
0: day of calls. Yeah.
1: I'm just out here buying all the baby clothes from Target. Oh. As I should be. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, you know, they have like cute like little pumpkin dresses and stuff. I can't like not buy them.
0: You have to. I mean, Your it would ba- yeah. Your baby needs all the cute clothes.
1: It would be really sad if she didn't have cute clothes. Yep. Agreed. Um, well, welcome to the podcast. I'm Hannah. I'm Haley. We are trying to be more official. And we actually have scheduled out um episodes pretty Pretty legit of us, and we're going to be more consistent. I'm super excited about that.
0: Me too. So, Hannah and I had the most lovely brunch a couple days ago,
1: and it kind of turned into a Sunday fun day. And... I mean, 10 out of 10, one of the funnest days I've had in a long no. time.
0: <laughs> I was just <laughs> telling Kristen about that. Like, I was like, we had the best time, the most wonderful time ever. And um, so, of course, part of our time together turned to the podcast and just kind of where we were at with it, where we wanted to take it, what we wanted to do. And so we were reminiscing on when we used to go to the studio and record with Dylan and how it was just a part of our schedule. Like we had scheduled it out. It was like a standing appointment. And I was like, we need to get back to that because I just... I do great if I have a schedule planned ahead of me, but it's like getting it on the schedule can sometimes just be crazy. So I feel so happy and so excited.
1: I know. know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love the podcast and I think, um, when it's like regular and we kind of get on a roll with it, we really, I hope it helps. I mean, I hope, you know, it helps me yeah <laughs> maybe maybe it's just
0: therapy for us right like we this is our form of a therapy session,
1: yeah, but i I feel like everyone who's listening also knows and understands like when you get together with one of your hair friends i mean it it's always turns into some sort of like business talk of some sort, you know every time, yeah, so I don't know i th- I think these kinds of conversations happen naturally around. Here or business people so yeah
0: yeah I completely agree with you
1: um since we've podcasted last which this is kind of what we're talking about today um I took a really really cool trip to Reno Nevada um to train with Krista Storm who we've had on the podcast before obviously we're big fans like and yes yes and um I just, Haley, I mean, I learned so much. Like, Krista is just, there's kind of two parts of what I learned. Krista is really just an interesting person to be around because she, her personality is just very unique. And um, I don't know, there's just nobody like her. So, you know, being around her and kind of the magnetic uh, Qualities she has is like definitely something anyone can learn from but then um the work that she's currently doing with extensions is so fascinating to me and actually yesterday was the first time that I actually implemented like what I've excuse me been or what I I learned from her it was and then, yeah, yeah yeah I was super excited um so obviously I had to like practice on a mannequin first before I was like let's just do this um but what I what I took away from Krista is so she does I'm almost positive she's trying to kind of move her entire clientele of extensions more towards keratin um like individual tip extensions so the yeah yeah so currently um you know the craze everybody who who's listening knows the craze is like all hand tight extensions or beaded weft or, um, you know, any, like, type of sew-in with beads. And yeah. um, that's what I do. Haley, I'm pretty sure that's what you do. Yep. Um, But there are just some some things that I see on people's heads when I'm doing their extensions where I'm like, I just can't put a row here. Or I just can't put a bead here. Or, like, this person needs more coverage in the front. Or on the sides or whatever. So when I was looking into doing training, I was just kind of thinking about how beneficial it would be if I could do a hybrid um on someone's head where I put the hand tied extensions or the beaded weft extensions where they needed to go, like kind of in a horseshoe shape on the back of the head as normal yeah. on the sides. And then um putting keratin eye tips like either kind of in the front area or on the and the sides to fill that in. And it's like a game. I just don't know I I don't know why people don't think of these things before I do because I'm I'm not the brightest person ever. So like when I think of stuff like this, I'm just like why isn't everyone doing this?
0: Yeah. But I do
1: I do think you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Do you think that people are just like nervous about trying something new? or i mean i in my mind i just can't figure out why like everybody doesn't do this so
0: i i mean i'm going to speak like on my personal experience i have like all i think about is just my own personal experience with an eye tip extension um, from like the 2000s right like right. You, it, i have my like infamous transformation picture of like my mushroom hair extension and I had 300 eye tip extensions over my whole entire head right um and I just that was just not it at least for me and so I think part of at least my my experience comes from that but I have been fascinated seeing what Krista is doing, um, what some other stylists are doing as well. And then just seeing you the other day, I've been doing your hair for, well, Sammy has been doing it for like the last year, but you know, prior to that, I've been doing your hair for four years. And I don't know if I've ever seen you wear one row. And the fact that you have one row in with like 10 eye tips total and your hair looks so amazing that speaks volumes, right? Like it looks so good. So I just think keeping that conversation open and you sharing about just your personal experience is going to speak to a lot of clients. We Sammy actually was telling me one of our clients um, saw your story. She follows you and she was like, uh, I want whatever Hannah has. And so Sammy is so excited to just learn more about eye tips from you. And we talked about potentially reaching out to Krista to see if the two of us could go out and shadow her. Um, just so, you know, that's something that Sammy is really, really into.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, and that, and I, Healy, you're right. Like, I think there's a, um, there's kind of like an overshadowed, like, history or like these <laughs> skeletons in the closet when it comes to eye tips, because I do think they were the most popular and the most used extensions like 10, 15, 20 years ago. And I think a lot of people, you know like our age or older have heard of or had bad experiences with them yeah um because I don't think you know there wasn't training and information and education like there is now don't you like agree so I know when I learned
0: them and I say learned kind of loosely and not to discredit the t- the stylist that taught me she was amazing at them and her most of her clientele wore eye tips um but she like needed her hair done. So she was like walking me through how to do it on her. You know what I mean? So that was how I learned them. I had never learned like an actual, I'd never taken an actual class, which, you know, that's my own issue. Um, but I think education, like you said, I think it's so evolved now. So I think um, we really realize the importance of it and are craving continuing to learn where back then, and and maybe it was still that way back then, but I just wasn't conscious of it, right? Like, I wasn't aware how important going to extra education was. When I was in my salon, um, I had gone to a couple of, like, cutting classes. I'd gone to, through some Bumble training in New York. Um, but that was really the extent of it. And that was within my first year and a half of being there. And I was there for almost five years. And I don't know that I took an outside class other than like color education that they brought in from our color rep outside of that. You know what I mean? So I just Mm -hmm. think the tone of education has really shifted, at least through my career, or it's just something that I'm now a lot more aware of than I was back then.
1: For sure. Yeah. And I think that's where, you know, in talking about this, it kind of makes us realize too, it's like, um, even with hand tight extensions, just because the person who's offering the service isn't, isn't highly trained or highly skilled or confident about what they're doing doesn't mean the overall service is shit. You know, it's like, it's like saying, well, I, I got hand tied extensions and they were terrible. I hated them. But then if you look at the person who did them, maybe, you know, they weren't properly trained or certified in any method or like maybe you were their first client and they didn't tell you that, you know? Yeah. I, they- so I, I think that could be a lot of it because back in the day you know people people just went into Sally's and bought like keratin i tip hair and then like said that they could do them because they watched like a video on on like a baby eye or youtube when it was like brand new well and i think i think the
0: i think it was a lot different with education as well like i think now we are more familiar with sharing our journey and how important that is to building our clientele and building a social presence as well right like people connect a lot with your journey what you're going through and they like watching when you start something and what you struggle with with it where I think back then you know it if you just learn something new you're not going to sit and be like hey you're my first client like where now I think it's it's a lot more like, hey, I need a model for this. This is what I'm learning. Or I've been sharing about my journey. And you have people like, hey, can I be a model? Hey, can I be a model? They want to be that first person. They want to experience it. Um, And I I just don't think it was that same way.
1: You're right. There used to be a lot of um, shame and embarrassment and being new at something. And now I think, you know, because and this this is a good thing about social media is it does kind of expose people for what they are. You know, if you don't have a history or, um, any type of proof of work, um, you know, it does, it looks sus and you're, it just doesn't feel as legitimate as someone who has, you know, had years or months or made very like obvious posts about like where they are and what they're doing. Uh, 100%. And that's good too. I mean, that's encouraging for anybody like it is never too late to start number one. And the sooner you start, I think, just showing your work and showing where you are, the sooner or the more it will continue to pay off. I mean, I've even seen that like in in my life, and I know I'm sure you have too, Haley, where you know, just talking about my extension journey five years ago has yep. def, has definitely like solidified me as somewhat of an expert just because I have proof of you know that I was doing this so I I think there's a lot to be said for that you know
0: well I think Hannah I fully think sharing my journey it was kind of unintentional at the time but I think that's the entire reason I've built the business that I have and I think it's not only why part of why I have the clientele that I have but it's also why i've been able to connect and resonate so much with other stylists um and so i think you know we struggle because it feels so vulnerable to put yourself out there and it feels so uncomfortable or you're just so worried about what everybody else is thinking and you know if that's what you're going to focus on that's always going to be the lens you're looking at social media through but if you can change that that lens or change that frame. It's like, what, who am I gonna be connecting with? Who can I help inspire? Or who can come along in my journey and be an inspiration to me because we have this similar thing in common. Um, and and so I think, I think that's, it's huge. I think it's like one of the most important things, right? At, at least right now, or at least for myself has been a part of why I've been able to be somewhat successful in this space.
1: Yeah. And I think too, Haley, um, you know, we're far enough along now that are not far enough along, but we're at a space where once you start, once you first start like kind of putting yourself out there and talking on social media, I remember just getting the weirdest like comments or just like conversations from like people who already knew me I think this is so interesting Mm -hmm. so I I remember being like this is so embarrassing like these people I grew up with or maybe my family or like friends I've known for a long time it's like they're looking at this and they're, they're probably thinking like who do I think I am like And that's just such a cringy feeling. But, like, that's – I think that is the biggest thing people have to get – have to work past and work through is, like, that feeling of knowing, like, you're not talking to any of these people you already know. Like, Mm -hmm. this isn't for them. And if they're bothered by it, like, you know, kind of shame on them because it's, like, they know who you really are, you know? And, and like – If they know who you really are, they, they know that you, you know, deserve success and deserve like a shot at, at trying to build this business and that, you know, they've done things before that they were unsure about, but maybe just not on, on a huge platform like this. And it's like, I've heard so many things, I don't know why lately, but just about people just being so scared about, about not being judged, but like people in their lives, not understanding what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why it's so important to just, like, make a different hair page or just get rid of your personal page and make it all one because it's, like, yeah, it's not for the people you already know. <laughs> really. At at all.
0: And I – so I think there's a couple layers to this. And I think that's such a good point of it's not for those people. that they're, they're not your audience. And – I think a lot of it, you have to remember that the things that they are saying to you, it's a reflection of them. So why ever they're bothered by what you're doing says more about them than it is ever going to say about you. Um, and that's hard to, that's hard to think about and to keep your mind on when you're in that moment of somebody giving you a hard time. Um, but it, it's true. Like there's a reason, like maybe it's some kind of jealousy. Maybe they don't understand. Maybe they've secretly always wanted to put themselves out there, but they're too nervous to, they're uncomfortable. They, you know, or it's something they just, they aren't familiar with. Right. And like there are usually reasons when people have stuff to say, they don't understand it. They are jealous of it. Um, And so I think keeping that in mind when you're getting that kind of feedback but also you have to get a little bit of thicker skin. If like, if this is something, and I don't want to say that in like a, I don't know, like a rude way, but it's also, if, if this is the direction that you want to take your business, if you're not satisfied with where your business is at right now and you are spinning your wheels at what to do, you are going to have to do something different than what you're currently doing. And I think a huge part of that is is social media. And I know we've said it a million times, like the people usually that make fun of you or are giving you a hard time are later going to be the ones coming to you, asking for advice, asking for tips because they want to know how you did what you did. And they're probably not going to believe you when you're like, oh, it's because I put myself out there on social media. They're like, no, what? Like that that seems too... Too easy, but it's not easy. Or everybody would be doing it. um I had one more point I wanted to make, and I dropped the ball. Oh, Hannah, my family still makes fun of me <laughs> on Instagram.
1: To this, yeah, my family doesn't get it. Yeah, they don't. Like, they
0: don't like my my parents, like my siblings, like they all. But they also love it. Like now, they get it more. They all make fun of me because they tell me I have an Instagram voice, which I very much disagree with. But whatever um but now it's like this like fun little like we razz each other like oh you got to do it for Instagram and I'm like yeah I do like sit down like when Instagram starts helping you pay your bills and starts helping you build your dream business like then come talk to me you know what I mean and and
1: it's easy when you are seeing the result from it but it's hard when you don't at first so yeah that's a good point you're right you're right it's I think it's Maybe that's why the embarrassment or whatever feels so like real and raw because like people are like, "Who do you think you are And you're like, mm-hmm. "Well, I'm not her yet, but I have to like I have to start being her yeah and like but then who the
0: hell do they think they are to like stop to make me play small because it's it's uncomfortable for you like don't watch if you're that bothered by it, go away and don't watch.
1: Yeah. And I, I agree completely about what you're saying about getting a little bit thicker skin. I do think that, I think that's easier said than done as well. I, so yeah. Yeah. But I, but I also think there's, I also think I find a lot of excitement and discomfort um, more so now than I ever have, because like, I know the rewards of, of being in uncomfortable situations because like, if something, if any type of situation is uncomfortable with you, it's because like it's pushing you beyond <laughs> what you, what you think you can do or what you who you thought you were. So, <clears throat> I think you know. I think it kind of pushes you more in that direction. I, to, you know, oh, I
0: couldn't agree more. Well, it's like you you learn that the uncomfortable positions are like they turn you into the next version of yourself. So instead of being like when something uncomfortable, instead of instantly like backing down from it, you're like, ooh, why is this making me uncomfortable? Like you start questioning it. But I think that's part of the personal development and your your growth in yourself. I think that's an important part of that journey, because um, you naturally it's our it's human nature to to be turned off by things that are uncomfortable. We want to run away from it. But I also think you get to this point where when uncomfortable things show up or when I get scared or I find myself you want to lean into it you want to explore that and like what if what if my next best thing is on the other side of this fear and or on the other side of of being putting myself and out there and being uncomfortable like what's gonna be the benefit from it like you can't you can't run from scary things forever right like at what point because that's where you stay the same that's where you end up in this life of resentment and bitterness and and misery i mean i think
1: yeah no i th- i mean i you you certainly can run from scary things forever if that's what what ever i mean you know that's an option i guess but yeah you don't you don't get much in life i don't think and you end up like you were saying you know you just you don't get to know and truly love and respect yourself When you're constantly running from scary things because eventually those scary things will be people, you know, telling you to do something that you know isn't right to do. And then it's like, okay, do you just, for the sake of comfort, do or go along with something that you don't like or isn't right just to make everyone else comfortable? Or do you, like, just start respecting yourself and loving yourself and being like, hey, this isn't what is going to happen
0: uh-huh. for me,
1: you know. Yeah. I think I think too, like going back to training with Krista and doing um, the keratin eye tips, that that's something that I thought about for a long time to as a way to, you know, kind of fix a problem in my business with my clients. But yeah, I I looked around, and I really didn't see I mean I saw Chris I saw Krista and then a handful of other, you know, random people throughout the US doing stuff like this but um it's not a it's not like a popular thing I don't know so that was uncomfortable for me too you know to be like I don't really know there's no one around me really doing this Chris is this massive like salon owner so of course she does like these badass different things and has confidence in a way that um that would allow her to try different things but like it was you know it's it's always scary when we try new things or take take a chance and um and explore you know different options for things that other people aren't doing. but you know, like for me, you know, I think it's gonna work work really well i I did my first um kind of hybrid method yet or hybrid situation yesterday, like I was saying I have a client who has a um she has a lot of skin grafts on her head because she was in a car accident. Aww. And yeah, it was, it really tore her head up. So she has, she has actually really great hair growth, but there are some like big patches yeah. where they, they graft, you know, from different parts of her body. They took skin and put it on her head. Um, and the hair follicle is just not there. So this was like literally like so, so amazing for her because. Um, I could never like connect a row properly to give her like, you know, we did like, I always did the best I could and it looked pretty, but it wasn't ever like, you know, like an outfit where your waist is snatched and your shoes are right on. Like it wasn't a complete sentence. So yeah, yesterday it was really, really cool to be able to, um, take her on that journey with me and, and try something new. On her and she was super, super happy about it. And Haley, it is so crazy how putting longer hair in front, like it all of a sudden looks so different. It's insane. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. Well, I
0: just, I know exactly what you mean because looking at your hair, I'm like, holy shit. Like your hair looks so good. And it's I wild. that's especially right. Like, because I think with hand tight extensions, you get to a point where you are, you figure out how to make the sides, like how to get the sides pretty filled in. But like you said, there are just some clients where like, that's not an option. Um, but to have that freedom and flexibility, and then to be able to blend out and leave that length, I think is like. I don't know. I think it's so valuable, especially for the client that needs it. Um, and a lot of times for the clients that were not able to necessarily, I don't see a lot of clients like that anymore, but there was a time when I, those were a majority of my clients, right? Like the ones who mainly needed them on the sides, but you couldn't necessarily put the row there. So when you, you see that and you have that ability to do that, it kind of like blows your mind a little bit.
1: Yeah, even like so, so, so true. Even with me, who's not a client who needs hair, like my hair is fairly long in front now. But once I once Krista put the eye tips in me, I was like, this is almost and literally I have ten eye tips and like here 10 eye tips, like it's not yeah. even like. But I was like, I have too much hair. So when I took my top row out, I was like, oh, this is perfect now. Like I legit just need. My front piece is filled in and one row. And so I think there's all kinds of cool options to explore like that with clients that like just experiencing it on myself too mm-hmm. was like, oh, okay. I could see how this would – could apply to different people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And that's where – that's where I think taking yourself – Um, there was one last thing I wanted to say about like my trip. Taking yourself, I think – out of your comfort zone like we were Mm -hmm. saying um and whether you know you travel with somebody and you you go somewhere and train I think it's really valuable to go by yourself personally um or to to train with someone who is like only doing extensions if that's what you want to do because I think it allows you to like focus and really really get the most out of the education that you're going to do when you're not like distracted by other things yeah um like going on a trip with your family or you know having a random hair friend there that like likes doing cuts and colors or whatever like it it dials you in in a way just either be by yourself or be with a another person um who takes it as serious and there's more at stake too at that point because it's like you understand what you're there for yes you I- know yeah, I couldn't agree more. And there's nothing really else to focus on except for, um, like I flew in a date early and so I had, you know, explore around a little bit, but I mean, once the time came to train with Krista, there was like no other reason that I was there. So it was super, super exciting to just be there and to learn from her and to not have to like rush out or, um, have anything else to do.
0: Yeah, and you have, like, no agenda, so it's, like, you're there other than to be there. Like, that's your laser focus.
1: Yes, yes. I've definitely taken um, hair classes or, like, education trips before where, if there's other plans involved, like, it does seem to kind of cloud my ability to get really, really hyped about what I'm doing.
0: Yeah. Can I ask a question? Sure. Because I think this could be like a good transition like still talking about you know your experience but kind of where you know we see like education going um what made you want to do individualized education with Krista versus going to a company and learning it through that
1: um so I would say probably two things my background with education, so I I was an educator for Keratin Complex for um, not like a very long period of time, but enough for me to see the other side of, uh, like, I don't know what other word to use, Haley, besides, like, corporate education, yeah. so, like, a big company, um, so I've seen that back end, and I've seen all the moving parts and, and how that's kind of structured, Mm-hmm. And then I've also done a lot of and you know i've I've done different types of like training just besides um being an educator for Caring complex, but I've done other classes like I've done big nine zero one classes um I've done just all kinds of classes that have brands representing them and then I've also done individualized education and um I mean, I, I just always get so much more out of out of a person because they're not typically trying to sell me anything um, for any type of, like, commission reason. Mm. So, so that helps. There's not that side to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and they're just free to, like, share what works for them and what doesn't. Like, with Krista, for example, you know, she had a couple different brands of hair that she likes to use. So she was, like... If you want more of a rooted hair, like, use this brand. Or if you want more of, like, a wavy texture, use this brand. So I feel like people as individuals are a lot more free to share honest, useful education when they're not backed by a company or a brand. Yeah. Um. So that's very valuable to me. And I also just feel like when you... When you find someone super interesting, like, like I found in Krista, um, to work with or to pay or to learn from, um, it's just, you just get so much more out of it because like, I'm really into Krista. Yeah. So like that already makes whatever, you know, she wants to share with me more interesting. If I were to go do like line one is the, um, the big Keratin ITIP company right now, if I were to go do a class at line one, wherever, sure, that would be super exciting and interesting. But, you know, the people who are teaching, you know, maybe I don't click with them or maybe I don't love, like, what...
0: Yeah, like, so you're saying you like having a connection to the educator first versus the brand first.
1: Yes, because I, yeah, because I trust individuals more than I trust brands. What That's what it comes down to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Do you think you've always felt that way? Or is that? You know, I'm a little scared. I'm, <laughs> I I've pipe down a little bit, but I tend to be a little sus of, um, of, of, brands just in general uh just because they're bit you know they're big businesses with like lots of people involved and I think when you get a lot of cooks in the kitchen you know there tends to be a lot more like I don't know there's just a lot of fuckery that goes on with (laughs) with um big businesses so I think the more you can like whittle it down and get education directly from a source Personally, that feels a lot more, like, true to me. Because I'm, if I'm going to be paying for education, Haley, like, the last thing you want to do is be, number one, like, sold on something that's not effective and, like, lied to about it. Or just, like, not feeling like you really made a connection or could, like, truly learn from that person. Does that make sense how I'm saying that?
0: Yeah, it does. I... Well, I think it's just interesting. Like, I mean, I think everybody who listens here knows by now how we feel, at least where extension education is. But I also think it's really, I think you're going to see a really dramatic shift in it over the next couple of years. I think there already has been a dramatic shift. And I think... Kristen and I were briefly talking about this this morning. Um, I think it happened with hair cutting, and I think it happened with hair color, and I think it's just a matter of time before it happens with hair extensions. Right? Like, at first, the big brands and the big companies had the the market cornered. Right? Like they're they're not only teaching you, but they're teaching you how to incorporate their products or their cutting techniques or whatever within their education. Right? So then you're like a diehard maybe Redkin fan, or you're a diehard like Tony and guy person like it's everything you do is like very brand oriented well then you know people started taking what they have been learning and not just making it work for themselves and their clientele and it's it's evolved or they're taking maybe a few things they learned here and then a few things they learned there and they've become a master in their own space of of what they're doing and then they are offering their education same thing with color right like redkins pumping out education uh schwarzkopf is pumping out education and then they are finding all of these you know they have their educators or stylists that come in and work for kind of pennies on the dollar um doing education for them and then you have those people receiving the education that are then like I'm taking the techniques and the things that I've learned here, mashing it up and I'm making it my own. And I think that's what's happening and going to continue to happen with extensions. I think the big brands will always have their time and place. Like, I don't think that's going anywhere, but I don't think that's where eventually the masses are going to go to learn a class. Like, I can't tell you the last time unless I needed a super specific, like I needed a shades class because I was turning all of my extension hair green and pink. (laughs) But like I was not going to a shades, to a Redken class to learn how to balayage, how to highlight, how to root smudge. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's where we're going to see a shift in extension education as well. They're connecting to stylists or um, consumers are connecting more to stylists and wanting to learn from them as the educator and I think what is going to also happen and continuing to happen these big brands right like they have their team their educators and it's kind of happened especially within color right like you have Redken they have all of their ambassadors they have their stylists who get free product they get free education but they are then going in and being paid as a representative of or eh, are they being paid though maybe I don't know yeah I know I I know when I was like um associated and they were wonderful to me like i i am not like saying anything bad it was a product line um they had wanted to do an affiliate thing and when i'm like looking at it i'm like i don't this isn't worth what i'm putting out and doing for them for me like it's probably worth it for somebody else but that's not what the direction that i want to take my own platform and my own brand um but i think that's what you'll see eventually happening with extension stylists as well or extension education and platforms as well like reaching out to stylists to do collaborations or to do um kind of things like that in a in a different sense because i just think they are going to realize how the stylists themselves have their own value in the platforms they've built in the audiences that they have and their audiences want to learn from them. They don't necessarily care as much about the brand. Does that make sense? I know that was like such a long-winded.
1: Yeah, blah, blah. It, make, yeah it makes perfect sense. I think, you know, we're both pretty much con- getting across that education. Well, I think it already is like you were saying, and it will continue to be more results driven. So, it won't be so much about, you know, who can I tell uh, my social media audience that I trained with because, like, I want to get clout from that. It'll be like, who can I service after I learn this? Or who, you know, who is this going to attract? Or who um, will this education apply to? And, Regardless of clout, I, th- I think people are having to show their actual skill now more than anything because there is just like you were saying, you know, you and Kristen talked about haircuts and hair color. That same thing happened in that um, market, I guess, where once everybody started, you know, being great or saying they were great at haircutting or saying they were great at color, it was like, okay, well show me the money, you know, like, yeah, what's it look like? And so I, I think we're kind of stepping into that space, you know?
0: Yeah, I I think so too. I, I'll be interested to see and to kind of like hear if, you know, those listening feel the same way. Like if that's something that they're like, yeah, like I've kind of been feeling this as well. I just, I just think it's like, so interesting. Like we're running to companies now in extension education, but we're not necessarily doing that in any other form of education that we're seeking out. Right. Like you go to, you go to your Tony and guy and what's the other one. I'm like blanking. Um, but like hair cutting, Yeah. Yes. Like you go there for like your fundamentals. Right. And like you get trained so hard. And I, and I do think that's where big brands are, are for the most part doing well, at least the ones that I've worked with, they cover the fundamentals pretty well. Um, But then from there, it's like, you don't want to, you know, you want to branch out, you want to see how other people are doing it. You don't want to only see what, what the people in that community are doing. I think it was that way when we first were a part of it but I think now there are just so many more options that it's like once you have those fundamentals dialed in it gives you so much more freedom and flexibility to learn things quicker and understand and I don't know I'm I'm excited to kind of see just what unfolds how stylists respond I'm because I personally know how I'm responding right like I know and i know there are people out there who feel the same way that i do like i i am now just more drawn to 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 watching people who inspire me and and like you said you're you connect with a person and i want to know what that person's doing um i don't i don't care who they trained with i don't care you know where where that necessarily came from. I like what they're doing. I like what they're about. And I like how they put themselves out there. That's what I want to know more about.
1: Yeah. I I think a lot, I think most, and, and that's like a certain level that we're on too. You know what I mean? Like when you're first starting out, you have no idea what we're saying right now. Like, it's just really hard to understand, like, wait, how are you going to get good at it if you don't train with like a company? But I think that's where like the... What we're doing turns into art, too, because, like, we're saying, hey, I'm not going to go train at the Crayola Institute of, like, colored pencils to learn how to, like, make a work of art. I'm going to go train with, like, an artist. Like, I'm going to, you know what I mean, train with Van Gogh because I like his style or whatever back in, you know, obviously Van Gogh's is not alive. But you know what I mean. It's like you find someone who, like you were saying, if you have the fundamentals, You find someone whose style you actually like.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: because it's all a different style, like what you do and what I do. Yeah, it's, you know, we're both doing extensions or anybody, you know, but like there's a different you hope that you get to a point where like if someone sees a picture of your work, Haley, like they're like, that's Haley Evans work. And I know that because like it's in the style of her work. Yes. Not you know, the actual hairstyle, but do you know what
0: I mean? Yes. Like you have your signature, everything. Um, You know that book you were talking about on Instagram that you were listening to, Million Dollar Stylist?
1: Yes. Don't you love Marquetta?
0: Oh my gosh. I have been listening to it. Um, She's a gem, but one of the things I just got through the part, and this is so interesting, and I think this is like kind of goes into what we're talking about she talks about um so say every stylist in the world charges the same amount of money okay so mm-hmm. it's like price price is not an issue they have the same availability like so schedule is not an issue like everybody is the exact same so you're in a room of what 20 stylists i think is the example she uses and you walk in, each stylist gets to tell you about who they are, what they offer, blah, 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 blah. How do you make your decision? And they and they do the same work. Like, let's even go as far as to say that. Like, they do the same work. And she might have even said this in her analogy. But how do you pick, then, who you want to go to? Like, when you think about it in that way, Hannah, it, it does go out. It goes back to putting yourself out there. Like, who connects mm-hmm. with you on a, on a personal Level and I I feel like we're in a space similar to that. Like I could throw a rock right now in Columbus, Ohio, and hit about fifty-seven, like <laughs> knock down, drag out, amazing, amazing extension stylists. And those are just the ones that I know of. And I'm, but it's like, how does then a client choose, right? Because it, it's like the my client who is obsessed and loves me, Hannah, might not like you. And I would guarantee that, or just like it not. Not like you, but they wouldn't maybe connect with you in the same way they're going to connect with me, in the same way that your clientele isn't going to connect with me. But that's okay. But it's like clients aren't going to know that unless you are putting yourself out there on a personal level and on a much different level than just posting about hair, just talking about XYZ that has to do with hair. They need to get to know
1: you as Hannah and me as Haley. Yeah. Um, I love that's, that part of the book. Yeah, that's so right because, I mean, if you think about it too, Haley, a lot of times, you know, my clients will come in if my hair changes or if I have it styled a different way or even if I have a certain outfit on. Like, people are just attracted to you because of your overall style of how you carry yourself, of your confidence, of, like, what you're doing in your life, you know, like, relating to – like me having a baby or having a teenager or whatever it's, but like, how are, like you were saying, how are people supposed to even have fun with me and relate to that if I don't share any of that, you know, and at least like a little bit of it? Of course, you don't have to share like your whole life story, but
0: or your dirty
1: yeah. like, yeah, you have to get locked up, but yeah, but you know, like there's. We don't, we make every choice like that. You know, we, we choose the, the kind of dog that we want to have in our house because like somebody had one of those dogs one time and we really loved it. Or we saw a show with, and a girl that we think is really like fun and awesome had a dog like that or whatever. Like that's literally the, we buy dishes because we like saw somebody on Instagram with a cute Thanksgiving table with those dishes like we make every decision based Mm -hmm. on that basically you know so you have to just kind of learn how to sell yourself and that that was basically that's why I love that book so much the million dollar stylist book um because Marcona Breslin really had that idea nailed down before anybody was talking about that from what I know
0: how did you hear about that book? I had never heard of it until you talked about
1: it. Cause I'm like super obsessed. You know, I'm, I have, I don't know if it's something I have, if I'm like mildly off in some way, but I get really, really like really into certain things, mm. you know, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I get obsessive. Um, And so for a period of time, I got really obsessed with Marquetta Breslin because couple reasons. She was in I think the Navy or the Air Force and met her husband that way and they're like li- literally the cutest couple ever and they're just an interesting dynamic but she does um her whole focus is on teaching stylists how to make their own wigs or um like sew in pieces Oh, cool! Yeah, so she does. She has like a
0: massive,
1: uh, brand, and she travels all over, and she has like big conferences. She does a couple times a year, where um, not unlike the conferences that we've been to, like on bigger scales, where she brings um, stylists in. She teaches them how to do like any, um, what am I trying to say? Any custom hairpiece. So, like, a wig, a lace front, a topper, a toupee, anything like that. She teaches you, like, where to source the hair from, how to um, tie the hair to the, like, mesh topper, how to properly, like, size for a custom piece. So, yeah, she's really, really, really knowledgeable. And when I was – got down a rabbit hole of, like, trying to figure out more about the actual hair that we order as hairstylists, Mm -hmm. I came across her
0: okay okay okay
1: because cool. is like a hair expert and then um there's just tons of information out, uh, on her because she she i think she has a couple of warehouses in different countries where she has like her own supplies of hair too so super knowledgeable so we just love her yeah yeah she's great she's um. Also, too, if you ever tag her in anything on Instagram, she like actually like reply. Like, she literally sent me a message and was like, "I really hope I get to hug you one day." Because I've like shouted her out several times and like message back and forth with her. I'm like, um, could she be any sweeter? I know. I know. So yeah, she seems like good people. Um, and she's like not. She's one of those people who, and you know, this goes to show too. Like, I find her very relatable. Like, I'm not super. Um, overly religious or or Jesusy or anything, but she she's really really into her um, religion and uh, her church and her family and everything. And I just really respect people who put themselves out there and are just who they are. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I've always really really appreciated that about her too.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm loving her book. It's a I've been listening to it on Audible, and I think that was how you said you were listening to it or consuming it as well Um, and I just like every time I'm in the car by myself I'm just like turning it on and it's just like inspiring it's like oh I honestly I don't really consume a lot of like hair related stuff I both on Instagram or like podcasts like I find I enjoy more like just general business topics and and that sort of thing so um, I I am like really enjoying listening to, to her. So um, thank you for sharing that. And that, I don't know, that little like um, analogy was like, it it just like really, it resonated so much with me. And I'm like, because I have girls that I'm working with coaching wise. And one of the things everybody struggles with, like we were talking about in the beginning is just putting themselves out there. It makes them uncomfortable. Like they don't know how people are going to respond, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, it's so important because if we were all the same, then how would, how would you build your clientele? And like, what makes you different from the stylist down the road? And I was like, damn, like that hits that point home so, so well. So if, if you are a stylist, you don't even have to do hair extensions. Um, but that is a great, a great book, a great, easy, it's like quick too. Like I, I think I'm, I have like an hour left of it and I haven't been listening
1: to it for very long. So yeah, I, I think it is under, th- I think it is under three out, three or three and a half hours, like on audio. You're right. It's pretty quick.
0: Yeah. And her like little voice is like so cute. Yeah. And you can hear her personality when she, when she's speaking.
1: Absolutely. Have you gotten to the part yet? Um, this is kind of how I feel about <laughs> podcasting, but have you gotten to the part of the book yet where she's like, you're going to write a book?
0: Um, yes.
1: Yeah. Yes, and she, And you're like, you're like, damn, I'm going to write a book. So like, I mean, Haley and I are going to write books. Like you, like you can't listen to this book and end it and not feel inspired to write a book.
0: Ooh, fun. What's your book going to be called?
1: Who knows? <laughs> but
0: <laughs> what about yours? I don't know. I'm, I'm just getting into that part. So okay. I, well, I haven't thought that far into it, but if I were going to name, A book. See, I already have my, like, OnlyFans name picked out. If I were going to have an OnlyFans, it's definitely not appropriate to share on our podcast, but it is funny and I'll tell you about it later. But I don't have a book name picked
1: out yet. Well, that's your homework, I guess. Okay. Uh, (laughs) But I feel the same way about podcasting and I think it's the same sentiment that she's, like, kind of sharing. It's like, no one has to give you permission and – it only solidifies you more as an expert when you do things that not that everyone can do, but not everyone's doing, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I definitely think that podcasting is a neat outlet. Um, just to share like a little bit in a longer format. And I think a book's that too, where, I mean, it just, it takes balls and it, it's a bold move, but it's not, it doesn't require you to be, like, a doctor. No. You know? No. So, I, yeah. I don't know.
0: I, that's such a good point. And I think that's, like, a really cool point to to make. We we are constantly looking for permission for, for everything. At least I, I find myself still now. Not as much anymore, I think, but... Um, and, and you think you, you think you're going to get to this point when you're like, okay, when I do X, Y, Z, then I'm going to be ready to, um, start showing up on social media or I'm going to be ready to create a podcast or I'm going to be ready to write a book or I'm going to be ready to, you know, go into an extension only space. Like you think you have to like hit all these milestones and it's like, you you don't though like you're and you're never are you ever fully ready like you just start doing and you just like you said start being that person start being that person you want to become you make subtle choices to slowly start taking you in that direction um but I don't know that you're fully ever a hundred percent ready or like, you don't ever feel comfortable or, like, you're, quote, unquote, good enough to, to do that, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, you have to just do it. Yeah, and, like, all the time, a lot, endlessly. It, like, I think of, you know, how everybody knows how, like, when you're, like, somewhere and you see an older lady, um, like, knitting or crocheting something. Yes, It Like, nobody wakes up and is like, I'm going to knit or crochet and, like, not have to fucking do every single one of those, like, little needle movements or, like, manipulate the yarn in that way, like, and get the result of what you want. Like, it takes, like, every single one of those movements over a long period of time and continuing to do it until you're like, oh, I crocheted this scarf for you or I knitted you a hat. Like, you don't get to say that you did this thing unless you do that thing yes so there's no way around it like if you want to do a podcast anyone can do a podcast but you can't do three episodes and be like that sucks and they're you know just do it like and I think that's the part that people want to like I think that's where social media gets us to is like we want to be able to show off something Mm. but like doing something once or twice isn't sh- a sh- show offable moment, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So it's, it's that consistency. Same thing with writing a book it is, you know, it's anybody could write like a short essay about maybe like their time with the extensions, but like a book is, you know, 50 short essays. Right. So. Ooh, I, I can't know.
0: wait till you write a book. I'm going to be the first one to read it.
1: Thanks, thanks. Will you
0: autograph it for me?
1: Duh. Don't even ask silly questions like that. Okay. I, I do f- I do feel that in my future. I feel like you have a book or something massive like that in your future. Um maybe I can write like a maybe I write we write like a kid's book. I don't no, know. You think I could write a kid's book? Only because that's the only books I read these days. <laughs> baby books. <laughs> maybe that's why I could write a kid's book. <laughs>
0: Oh, my gosh. Actually, you might be right. Maybe, like, a kid's book is right up your alley. right,
1: right baby now, yes.
0: baby stuff, like new moms eat that shit up. You know what I mean? So like, oh, yeah, yeah. you've got a huge market there. And they don't care how much money they'll spend on their little their little new babe. I mean, think of how much you just spent at Target on new baby clothes.
1: I was literally just about to say it is the most embarrassing and also funny feeling to just be a part of. The like quintessential moms going to Target at 9 a.m. group, like, it is just me and like no lie, 30 other moms, yeah, in Target. Yeah, that's it.
0: That's actually really funny. I would, I would love to go in there at that moment. Did they all have little babies with them?
1: Absolutely, Haley. You know the picture that I'm I'm pictured like it. Uh-huh. I was probably the only mom without a kid in there, and I was like, "These girls don't trust me because like they know I'm in the baby section, but I don't have any kids with me." Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. so funny. It is so 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 funny. Um, Gosh, do you have anything else you want to share? I feel like we've we've covered a lot today. Yeah, we should probably text Krista and tell her that like. We have a
0: podcast coming out about how obsessed we are with her.
1: I know, I know. I think she I think she knows, but I yeah. I think she I, does too. I, I will like girl anytime she
0: if she like likes or comments on any of my things, I'm like, wow, that was really good because Krista Storm
1: It's <laughs> No, I agree. It's basically <laughs> like, I don't even know. I feel like it's basically um, like a Kardashian like commenting on your stuff. You're like, I feel so seen by the right group
0: a hundred percent yeah we should I think maybe we should give her a heads up though like yes but like um, we are having like a fangirl moment
1: yeah I will definitely start a group text with me you and her and just let her know I yeah I think that needs to be a a thing she's aware of absolutely I think she'll be here for it I think so too um hopefully
0: you guys got something out of this I mean I did
1: Yeah, I do too. I I really, really enjoyed this. And I think, um, yeah, I think think people who are listening definitely um, feel us in certain ways, you know?
0: Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, me too. All right, girlfriend. Well, I love you. You're wonderful. You're amazing. I hope you have a great rest of your week.
1: Hey, ditto. And uh, enjoy the rest of your birthday week. I will. I'm heading to Scottsdale tomorrow and I'm so excited. About oh, that's it. right. That's right. Oh my yeah. gosh. Well, tell Kristen, not Krista, but Kristen. Susan, yes. That we, we did a lot of flipping and flopping back between Krista and Kristen this episode. I know. That's going to be kind of confusing. Maybe. It's okay. Tell Kristen I said hello and give her a hug for me. And um, yeah, we'll talk to you guys later. Thanks for listening. We love you guys. Love you, bye, bye,